If you've got a Bible um, with you or on your phone, do you want to turn it to uh, Luke 11? Starting at verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside um, answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up, and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let's pray for Andy as he comes. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Andy. I thank you for the message you put on his heart tonight. Would you open our ears and our hearts to to hear from you and to receive what you have to give us tonight. Amen. 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 Thank you, Will. Is that okay? Yeah, I am on. I think I can hear. Great. Great. Early in, um, early July 1980, I had quite a serious bicycle accident. And um, to be honest, it was completely my own fault. With two friends, um, quite late at night, we were cycling inside a dried out canal, just outside Bath. And I really don't advise you ever to try this. But we were, um, we were at school just outside Bath at the time. we just finished A-levels, and we were cyc- cycling flat out in this canal, and um, only one of, us had, one, one of us had a front light and one had a back light. I didn't have any lights on my bike. And um, we weren't aware that there was a plug in the canal to kind of drain, uh, that was used for drainage. And, um, it was, it was about quarter to 11, we were cycling flat out, and my front wheel went smack into the plug, and my face went smack into my handlebars. And uh, it was a bit of a mess. 
uh, a bit more than a bit of a mess in that, um, of course, this was way before mobile phones. It took a while for the ambulance to get to where we were. And um, my friends did well in keeping me conscious, keeping me away. I was taken to Bath RUH, and then because they thought I'd need quite a few skin grafts, I was transferred to French Hay in Bristol. And, um, and my parents were informed. I was 17 at the time, my parents were informed. And bless them, we were living in North Devon. My parents drove up to French Hay Hospital. And um, the operation had taken a bit longer than they anticipated, eight and a half hours. And I had 172 stitches in my face. And um, broken my cheekbone, my jaws, split my palate, broke my nose. They wondered if I might have blinded my left eye. I was wired up and I was kind of swaddled in bandages. And I was in ITU and was there for, for five days. And when my parents came into ITU, they didn't recognize their 17-year-old son because I was you know, wired up and everything. And, um, and their hearts were kind of saying, Lord, how do we pray? How do we pray in a situation like that? Their hearts felt overwhelmed. And they ended up just praying in the Spirit. Just praying in the Spirit. Saying to the Father, we don't know what to pray other than you'll bring healing. We don't know what to pray. And so they ended up praying in the Spirit. Daniel, if we can have the second slide up, please. If possible. Romans 8:26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Isn't that incredible? In our weakness, there are times in our weakness and in our finiteness, our inability to understand everything, we don't know what we should pray. But we have the gift of the Holy Spirit who wants to help us to pray. And so the CB, I'm loving this series on prayer, really, really loving this series on, on prayer. And this evening we're thinking about praying in the Holy Spirit or, you know, or praying with the Spirit. And um, I, I hope that together we'll make some discoveries as we think about this. If we can have the next slide up, please, Danny. If you've got Bibles near you or your phone's open, the passage Will read from us, for us from Luke 11 is a really, really important gospel passage about prayer. And if you want to know what, what's at the heart of, of, of Jesus' view of prayer, go and spend time in Luke 11. Spend time in this passage. Because his disciples are watching Jesus' prayer life. And they say, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples, just as John the Baptist taught his disciples. And so Jesus uses this as a fantastic teaching opportunity. And he says, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. He gives us the Lord's Prayer. And then he talks about expectancy and persistence in prayer. Those are two themes Jesus repeats 
many times in his teaching on prayer in the Gospels. Be expectant when you pray. Be expectant that the Lord will respond. He hears. He will respond in his wisdom. He know how to respond. Ask, seek, and knock. Be persistent. Expectancy and persistence. And then at the end of that short passage in Luke 11, we have this lovely statement where Jesus links prayer with the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, if you fathers, even though you're evil, and he's using there a, a kind of Jewish uh, sense of hyperbole, he's basically saying, you know, you're, you're imperfect as fathers. You want to give good gifts to your children. You don't want to play tricks on them. You don't want to give them a, a snake instead of an egg. You want to give them good gifts. If you as imperfect fathers want to do this, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What he's saying is the Holy Spirit is a wonderful gift from the perfect Father. A wonderful gift from the perfect Father. And as we think about praying in the Spirit this evening, I want us to look at three areas. I first of all want us to try and shatter a few misconceptions, to, to deal with a few misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit and about what happens when we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. I then want us to think about how the Holy Spirit prays for us. And then I want to try and be really practical about how we can begin to discern with greater confidence some of the whispers of the Holy Spirit. How can we discern those? So first of all, sorry, Daniel, if we can go back to the misconceptions. I don't know what thoughts some of you have about the Holy Spirit. I don't know kind of if the Holy Spirit is, a, is an exciting thought for you, an exciting prospect, or is it a little bit confusing? Is it a little bit bewildering? Because many people can think the Holy Spirit is an it, an it or an influence rather than a person. And that is not true. You know, in the Book of Common Prayer, we have the Trinity referred to as Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And that sounds spooky, doesn't it? We're really honest. The Holy Ghost, to my mind, sounds spooky and slightly kind of sinister. Not something we really want to welcome. But Jesus is very clear about the nature of the Holy Spirit. John 16, John chapter 16, verse 7. This is Jesus teaching his disciples in, the final, in, in his final evening. And he's teaching them about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And how important it is that he leaves so that he can send the Holy Spirit. And he says this, But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. You can imagine them thinking, how can it be for our good that you're going away, Lord? We don't want you to go. But he carries on. Unless I go, the counsel of the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. 
Jesus is unmistakably clear that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit carries many of the qualities of personhood. And we discover in the book of Acts that the Holy Spirit thinks, the Holy Spirit leads, the Holy Spirit can be grieved, just as we can when friends let us down or when something painful happens. The Holy Spirit is a person. And the Holy Spirit is quite often referred to as the Spirit of Jesus. So we want to shatter that misconception Holy, that the Holy Spirit is just an influence or a knit. The Holy Spirit is a person, part of the Trinity. A second misconception I hear quite often is that if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, does that mean I'm out of control? Does that mean all my mental faculties are overridden? And this, to be honest, this used to concern me quite a lot. I think we need to think quite carefully here because we need to reverence the Spirit's mystery. You know, we're tiny and the Spirit is divine. We're never going to be able to completely, we won't be able to control the Spirit. But the Spirit honors how we've been made. And the Spirit looks at each of us and wants us to grow fully into maturity as, as kind of mature people. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to belittle us in any way. And God's desire, as he looks at you and as he wants to fill you with his spirit, God looks at you and thinks, Martin, I want you to grow even more into the person I created you to be. Sylvia, I want you to grow even more into the person I created you to be. Shirley, I long for you to continue to grow in that way. And being filled with the Spirit is part of how God does that. He fills us for fruitfulness. And so I think we shouldn't be fearful of being out of control. The Spirit is good. And I know we will, many of you might have been in, in big arenas where there's all sorts of manifestations and we could say more about that on, on other occasions. But actually the Spirit is, is God wanting to kiss us, God wanting to bless us, and God wanting to grow us. And he wants, the Holy Spirit wants us to, to help us to think well. Help us to think well. But there will be times when, like my parents, where actually we don't know exactly how we should pray and the spirit wants to help us the spirit wants to partner with us so the spirit seeks to strengthen us a third misconception is that receiving guidance from the holy spirit is purely subjective it's just kind of it's just what i sense just just what one person senses and actually the amazing thing is that god almighty wants to speak to each of us individually. He knows us by name. And at times I just think, Lord, I can't get my head around that. He knows us by name. So a, a, lovely, sorry, a lovely quote about this from um, Galileo was once asked, 
How can you reconcile the fact that God has a concern for all his universe and yet a care for every single person he has created? And Galileo said this, the sun has all the planets revolving around it and keeps the universe system in order. And yet the sun can also ripen one bunch of grapes as that has nothing else to do. And do you know God, our Father, sees us in that way. He knows us by name, that personally. And so he will speak to us personally, but it's not purely subjective. And we're going to come onto this a bit more in a moment because it always needs to be in alignment with Scripture. It always needs to tally up with God's Word. Word and Spirit will always speak together. And terrible things have been done in the name of God. People saying, God told me to do this. God works in love. And, it, and what the Spirit says will always be in alignment with Scripture. And actually, too, we see in the early church that it was tested in community as well. So it wasn't just one person believing they had a hotline with God. Actually, we see quite often the phrase repeated, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. So in Antioch, Acts chapter 13, they're praying and fasting. They're seeking God's will. And they sense God say to them, and it would have been a massive surprise, set apart Paul and Barnabas for the work I've called them to do. Set apart their two main leaders and send them off. And that wasn't just given to one person, it was discerned together. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. So it's not just about us going solo. And that's really important. And a fourth misconception is that the Holy Spirit is only bothered about spiritual issues. And I would say absolute rubbish. Because we've been created as whole people. God is concerned. God is concerned about our emotional well-being. He's concerned about our relational well-being. God is concerned about our work situations. God is concerned about our housing needs, about finance. God is concerned about all these areas. I remember um, probably about 12 years ago, at the end of a, a 1045 service, and as we were just kind of Wait, during the final song of worship, we were waiting on the Lord to just sense whether any particular words to give out to the congregation. I remember the Lord gave me, quite unexpectedly, uh, quite a specific word. And the word was this. There's someone here in rented accommodation who has problem with their plumbing. And it seemed a really strange word to give. And... Do you know, someone who hadn't been in church very many times before came up and asked, asked us to pray with him. He wasn't yet a Christian at that point. And yet this situation was causing him great distress. He was going through a really painful divorce. And he, he was having all sorts of challenges. And that word showed him 
God was concerned. God saw him and God was concerned about his personal needs, not purely his spiritual situation. He was concerned about those. So those are some misconceptions that we need to shatter. Second theme I just want us to think about just briefly, and that's as we think about praying in the Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit prays for us? And I was saying to Fee earlier that I don't think about that often enough at all. The Holy Spirit is actually praying for me. The Holy Spirit is praying for you. The Holy Spirit doesn't need persuasion from us. The Holy Spirit is already praying for us. Be honest, when did you last have that thought that the Holy Spirit is praying for you? Susie will probably say half an hour ago. But I think for most of us, we don't often think that. But isn't that an amazing thing? That the Holy Spirit is praying for us. That's, that's an incredible thing. So the Holy Spirit wants partnership with us all the time. And the Holy Spirit is praying for us. And so, just four quick points there. The Holy Spirit prays for us with a power that is beyond ours. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. There are times when we can feel really strong on top of many things, but there are lots of times when we actually feel quite inadequate, when we do feel weak. And actually, when we step out in some of the challenges the Lord gives us, we're very likely to feel weak. We need his strength. And the Holy Spirit is praying for us so we can say, Holy Spirit, would you empower me? Because I'm, I'm feeling weak in that area. Could be an area of temptation. The Holy Spirit also prays for us with a wisdom that we lack. I don't know about you, but how many times do you go into meetings or consultations where you think, wow, I really could do some extra wisdom here, Lord. I was involved in chairing pretty tricky meeting on Tuesday evening in the diocese in Salisbury. And thankfully, quite a number of, of lovely guys here were praying for me. And I really asked, Lord, would you give me a wisdom beyond mine? And God wants to give us his wisdom. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. The Spirit wants to fill us with his wisdom. I wonder, are you in a situation at the moment where you're saying, Lord, I need more wisdom. Just need more wisdom. Well, the Spirit is praying that for you. Partner with him and say, Lord, I really need more wisdom here. And the Spirit, be encouraged. The Spirit prays for us with a love that is beyond our imagining. I don't know if, as you were growing up, you had a, an incredibly affectionate grandmother or great-aunt or someone like that who kind of just loved you every time you, they saw you and, and you just knew, actually, they kind of just beamed at you. They didn't have to discipline you. They weren't your parents. But actually, they just, 
you just felt loved by them. Well, the Spirit isn't gooey like that, but the Spirit loves us way beyond our imagining and prays for us in that love. And the Spirit prays for us in alignment with God's goodwill. Again in Romans 8, the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So when we're saying, Lord, we really, we really seek your will in this. It might be you're seeking guidance for a next step in your career. It might be that you're kind of saying, Lord, okay, what, what ministry gifts are you wanting to grow in me? And you can be assured that as you seek the Spirit, the Spirit will want to be praying for you in alignment with God's will. So as we pray in the Spirit, the Spirit is praying for us. It's a two-way two -way process. And the Spirit prays for us in alignment with God's will. Now just as we kind of move towards closing a little bit now, I want us to think together a bit about how do we recognize the Spirit's voice and leadings? Because I think this is so important. And this is where we need to grow discernment and, and insight in recognizing the Spirit's voice and the Spirit's leadings. Again, if you've got Bibles near you or if you've got your phones, can you turn really quickly to 1 Samuel 3? It's about a quarter of the way through the... Um, third of the way through the Old Testament. 1 Samuel 3. Many of you know the story so well. And it's, it's the time when the boy Samuel has been taken into the temple and is being looked after by Eli, the high priest. And Samuel hears a voice. A voice calling out to him, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel thinks that voice must be Eli. And so he runs to Eli and says, you called me. And Eli said, no, I didn't. Go and lie down. And again, Samuel hears the voice, Samuel, Samuel. And it, he runs again to Eli. And, and he's, Samuel says, you, you did call me. And he said, no, I really didn't call you. Go and lie down again. And the third time, Samuel runs to him. Eli registers. And Eli says, Samuel, go and lie down in your bed. And if you hear the voice again, if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And that's the posture we need as we seek to discern the Spirit's voice and leading. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Because the Spirit is wanting to speak to us. You know, the Spirit didn't develop, develop laryngitis at the end of the first century. We hear a lot about the Spirit speaking in the Scriptures. The Spirit continues to speak. And the Spirit speaks for our freedom and our healing and our goodness. And we long to discern the Spirit's voice and the Spirit's leadings. But I think at times we can get concerned 
we can get concerned that we might not recognize the Spirit's voice. And we need to understand that beginning to, to discern the Spirit is its learned behavior. It's learned behavior. Just as there'll be some people whose voice you are so familiar with, and it's the tone of their voice, and it's the content of what they say that means you recognize their voice, even if, if they're in the room next door and you can't see them, but you, you can identify their voice. You think, ah, that's Sally. Ah, oh, that's Trev. And actually, we, we can learn to do that with the Spirit. It's interesting that um, Jesus says, when in teaching in, in John chapter 10, he said, the sheep recognize my voice. When he talks about himself as the good shepherd, the sheep recognize my voice. And over time, we can grow a humble confidence that we can recognize the Spirit's voice. As I said, over time, we can grow that confidence. And, of course, we're aware there's lots of other voices around, aren't there? We live in such a noisy culture. And there's lots of external voices, and there's quite a few internal voices as well. So an important question is, kind of how we begin to discern the Spirit's voice beyond those voices. And... We're going to do a little, um, there's going to be a bit of congregational participation in it. Because I, I want us to kind of do something together that I think can help us to think about it a bit. Because I, I think some of the voices that are very loud in, in our minds, they're voices, for instance, of anxiety. And many of us can hear that a lot. And that voice will say, I'm so worried. I'm so worried. I'm so worried. There's a lot of anxiety around, and there's quite a bit within most of us. And there can be voices of anger as well. Voices of anger. And that's kind of, you know, kind of, no, no, no. There can be voices too of discontent. A voice that says, I just want more, I just want more, I just want more, I just want more. And there can be voices too of kind of judgment that kind of say, say kind of, your mother wouldn't like this. Your mother wouldn't like this. And some of those voices are voices that we hear externally. Some of those voices are voices that we hear internally. And they can drown out our ability to lie down, be still, and listen to the Spirit. They can drown out our ability to really hear the Spirit well. So we need to learn to kind of to still ourselves at different points and have an attentiveness that says, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And there are times when we 
can do that for a longer period of time. And there are times when we can snatch those moments. We can learn to snatch those moments. But I've, I've asked if Sam and Emily could kindly help me. So um, Sam's going to be the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's really tall. And Emily, if you can come and stand over here. If you can stand at the keyboard. Sam, can you stand there? And what I would like, first of all, actually, Emily, could you stand just a tiny bit further back? Because we're not a huge crowd tonight, and I need, guys, I need you all to really shout, okay? You, you need to get into this and not be in any way embarrassed. So I would love this side aisle. Can you be the voice of anxiety? Can you say, I'm so worried, I'm so worried, I'm so worried. Can you do that? Go for it. Okay, you're going to have to be more worried than that in a moment. <laughs> because we're all, going, we're all going to do it together. And that voice needs to be really loud, okay? You need to be really worried, not just a tiny bit worried, okay? All right. Now, in, in this block here, can you be the voice of anger, okay? Can you say, no, no, no? Can you have a go at that? <laughs> go for it, guys. No, no. Okay, really, really enter into it and go for it. Can you be the voice of discontent? So, I want more. I want more. I want more. Okay? Go for it. I want more. I want more. Okay. You can just shout out more if you want to do that. But again, really go for it. And um, can you in this side out, can you be the voice of judgment? Your mother wouldn't like this. Okay. Can you do that? Your mother wouldn't like this. Your mother wouldn't like this. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. So what we're going to do, can we all, after three, I'll count to three, can you just shout out at least five times what I've asked you to do in your section, but we're going to all do it together, okay? One, two, three. <laughs> okay, okay, fantastic. Great, you're really going for it. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to do that again when I count to three. And as you do that, Sam, I just want you to read out what's the message for Emily, okay? Whilst people are shouting it out. Okay. One, two, three. Go for it. Okay. All right. Okay. We've got some really worried people over there. This is fantastic. Okay, Emily, did you hear what Sam was saying? Nothing at all. No lip reading. You couldn't. Okay. 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 Great. All right. Okay. So, no more shouting for a short while. Sam, could you read it out to Emily? Okay. Did you hear that? 
Yeah. So the Holy Spirit wants to say to Emily, Emily, you are deeply loved. And Emily, you have a friend who is hurting deeply, who's tempted at the moment. Go and see her and share with her some encouraging words. Thank you, guys. Let's give them a clap. Just to... <laughs> Do you know, that's the sort of thing the Holy Spirit will want to say to us at times. Because the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us in order that we might encourage, comfort, bring freedom, bring healing. And the Holy Spirit loves to speak to each of us. The Holy Spirit doesn't have favorites. The Holy Spirit doesn't just want to speak to leaders, doesn't just want to speak to speakers or worship those who are involved in worship at the front. The Holy Spirit loves to speak to and through all of us. And we see even in the scriptures, we, we see the Holy Spirit speaking through a donkey, through Balaam's ass. And the Holy Spirit loves to speak to each of us. And that's part of the adventure God wants us to grow in. The adventure of growing and praying in the Spirit. Just another facet of prayer. But it's part of the gift he wants us to explore, to receive, to treasure, to grow in, and to be a blessing through. I'm just going to pray for us all that we would grow our openness, grow in our openness to praying in the Spirit. We're going to share communion in a moment, and then afterwards there'll be an opportunity to receive ministry at the front up here, if you'd value that. But know that our perfect Heavenly Father loves, loves to pour out more of his Spirit upon us. How much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So I don't know about you, I long to receive more from the Spirit. I think that's the time when we can say more, Lord. <laughs> Lord. Because he, he longs to fill us more and more so that we can be conduits of his goodness, of his healing, of Jesus' kingdom work. Can we stand together if you feel able? And if you'd like to, I just encourage you perhaps to open your hands. Say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you fill me with more of yourself? And just in your heart, in your mind, say, Lord, I, I'd, I'd long to grow in this adventure of praying in the Spirit. Lord, thank you, no matter how old or how young we are, Lord, you love to fill us with your Spirit. You love 
to use us, Lord, to be channels of your love, channels of your blessing, channels of your goodness. So fill us afresh, we pray. Fill us afresh, we pray. Lord, may we have that posture of saying, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening.